I want to share with you an amazing idea that I just had uh, just a few minutes ago as Shabbos was concluding uh, this week's Torah portion is Parshish Shlach which means to send out and it talks about the sending of spies into the land of Israel to scout out the land before the Jewish people enter into the land of Israel and uh, the spies become very disheartened by the sight of the nations that live in the land and they come to the conclusion that we will not be able to conquer them and return to our land um, because the people there are too mighty, they're giants and it's a land that consumes its inhabitants and they say a very interesting thing they say that they were the people there were so big and we appeared they're much stronger than us we saw giants there and we appeared like grasshoppers in our eyes and that's how we were in their eyes and the question is why specifically grasshoppers and from, from this I mentioned in my other class on Thursday that we learned a very interesting um, psychological idea here that in our eyes we appeared like grasshoppers and therefore that's the way we appeared in their eyes the way we perceive ourselves often affects the way others appear perceive us so it's uh, if you're feeling down about yourself then others are more likely to see those insecurities and feed off of them as opposed to if you're if you believe in yourself you have the ability to uh, inspire others and others will also believe in you so it's a very interesting question though why specifically did they believe did they think that they looked like grasshoppers why not something else like ants or uh, you know bugs you know why grasshoppers specifically so there's a very interesting thing about grasshoppers that I learned in the Talmud uh, last year there was a custom in the ancient world that the Talmud talks about to give little children grasshoppers to play with as pets that sounds like a funny pet right but uh, for a kid I mean just right now we're we're experiencing a cicada infestation in Baltimore and in many other areas in this part of the world uh, this Shabbos they actually started to go into full force right I've been wondering the past few weeks you know is this it you know I've heard so much about them billions of them are crawling out of the ground and climbing up trees and we have their shedded skeletons all over our property and there were tons of them flying or climbing up and jumping down and my kids love them my kids are have them crawl all over them they uh, they were racing them for a little bit but this Shabbos they started to really come to life and they actually started flying around now the noise in certain trees was deafening crazy and they're starting to fly around into people's faces so now I'm starting to experience a little bit about what the terror of the cicada infestation um, plague but I think it was everyone saying that it was much worse 17 years ago so I'm not sure what changed it could be uh, this year was a very cold year so maybe they didn't all hatch at once so maybe we're getting them in stages but um, my wife screened a few times on a walk we went on last night because cicadas hit her in the face so uh, so um, but I, I can understand why a grasshopper would make a good pet because my kids really enjoy playing with them so what did they do in order to make a grasshopper into a pet so it doesn't sound so humane 
to us, but uh, given the way my kids are treating the cicadas, even though I've told them not to, um, I guess this is something that people do with bugs, is it, it, to, they would blind the grasshoppers. They would poke out their antennae, and that would render the grasshoppers basically essentially paralyzed. The grasshoppers would not run away. So um, apparently that's the Talmud explains that when a grasshopper is blinded, it doesn't move. And therefore the kid was able to have it as a pet. It's a very interesting thing about a grasshopper. So we see something also interesting in the beginning of this week's Torah portion. It says that the days of the month that the scouts went out to explore the land of Israel was actually this coming month. It was the beginning of this month. This Shabbos we bless the month of Tammuz, which is, according to Kabbalah, the worst month of the year. It's a month of the year with a lot of negative energy. And um, they left on the Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, I believe, and they came back on Tisha B'Av, which is the worst day of the year in Jewish calendar. Um, and the Torah describes these days in this week's Parsha as Yumei Bukhurei Anavim, the days of the ripening of grapes. And there's a famous, uh, some of the famous, a famous Kabbalist points out that what does it mean, the ripening of grapes? So he says, if you take the word Anavim, grapes, and you ripen it. The word bechore means the firstborn or the early. And it means, he says, to take the letters of grapes and move each letter one letter up in the alphabet. And that it spells out the ayin becomes a samech, the nun becomes a mem, the base becomes an aleph, and the yud, uh, the, I don't know about the yud, the mem becomes a lamed, and it spells out, basically, sounds like, it seems to me like there might be a letter missing, to so check this out, but it spells out samich mem aleph lamed, which, yeah, exactly, it spells out samich mem aleph lamed, which is the name of the, the angel of evil. The Satan, Satan, uh, the Yetzer Hara, the force of evil inclination, has a name. And his name in Hebrew is Samich Mem Aleph Lamed, which is essentially pronounced like the name Samuel. Not Samuel, that in Hebrew is Shmuel. But Samuel is, the, is referred to as the Samich Mem, the force of evil. That's his name. And that this, these months are the months of his dominion, that the forces of negativity, forces of evil, forces of judgment and, uh, and um, negative inclinations are stronger during these months. It's interesting that his name, Samech Mem Aleph Lamed, means literally the, ange the angel of blindness, that his job is to blind us from seeing with clarity because just like grasshoppers when we're blinded we become paralyzed blinded from what you might ask so there's two ways that he seeks to blind us one is from seeing the big picture we're looking with vision looking at the future looking at what could be looking at the potential that we have so one way he blinds us is from not seeing clearly the incredible 
possibilities for greatness that lie ahead. And the other way he blinds us is from looking within, with insight. He blinds us from seeing within ourselves at the great potential that we have within us, at the greatness within us. So that is what the angel of evil, the angel of blindness, attempts to do, is to blind us from seeing our true potential, to blind us from seeing the potential within us to do greatness, and the potential, the vision of seeing a great future ahead of us, or ability to perfect ourselves and perfect the world, to do good. He also blinds us from seeing God. And literally, that's what his name means. Summa Kel, blinding us from seeing Kel, which is the name of God. So that, that's what we're fighting against. And just like grasshoppers, we have to recognize that although we may seem small, we are great. Our potential is incredible. Because when we think of ourselves as small, then we become paralyzed. But if we think that our body is really just a vehicle for who we really are, which is our soul, and our soul is infinite, connected to the infinite source of everything. Our soul has unlimited, unstoppable potential. So then nothing can really stand in our way from doing great things. And when, when you believe it's possible, it's possible. That's the idea of manifesting something into reality. So the answer that we believe from a Jewish perspective is that nothing can stand in the way of your will. And that's why we have to be careful about what we will. If we will good things that are in line with the ultimate purpose of creation, so then nothing can stop us. We also have to make sure not to want things that are not healthy or not good. I had a conversation with my wife over Shabbos about how, you know, since we moved back to America, we have, you know, ideas of wishing we had a bigger house and more comfort. And I said, when we were in Israel, we, you know, we were so satisfied with just a small three-bedroom apartment. Now we want to expand our house, you know. And uh, she said, you know, wherever we were, we would live, there would always be something that we'd be lacking that we would want. So one of the uh, things that we have to work on, especially during the this month uh, leading up to Tisha B'Av, so the next 40 days, going into this negative energy, the uh, the Kabbalists explain that these two months correspond to the eyes. And uh, I believe the Magad of Mezrich, the second uh, generation leader of the Hasidic movement, says that, that during these times we should work on not looking beyond what we have and only focusing on our Daladam, is focusing on our general sphere of influence, on that which is around us and not focusing on what's not around us. And I think that's an incredible thing to work on, is to recognize that we were gifted with incredible talents, incredible gifts, incredible opportunities, and that we have everything in our toolkit to accomplish what we need to accomplish. We don't need what anyone else has. We don't need another person's looks, another person's spouse, another person's car, another person's house, another person's bank account, another person's job. We have within our life exactly what we need. And this week's Parsha actually ends with this uh, similar note with the mitzvah of tzitzis, which are uh, strings that are placed upon the corners of four-cornered garments. And uh, there's, there's a lot to this mitzvah, a lot of different symbolism, but one of the things it says in the Torah itself, you will look at these mitzvah, at these strings, at the tzitzis, and remember the entire Torah, 
the certain numerical value of the tzitzis, and the strings have a certain color, which is supposed to remind us of God's presence, and you will do them, you will keep the mitzvahs, the commandments, and you will not stray after your heart and after your eyes that try to lead you astray. When we let our eyes run wild and look at the external world, so our eyes blind us. And that leads to paralysis, analysis paralysis, wanting things we don't have, feeling low and insecure. But if we control our eyes to look with spiritual insight so and with vision, so then we're able to overcome the challenges of these negative times and to truly soar uh, into our greatest possible future. Wishing you all a beautiful week and a beautiful month.